Hey, this is Chuck Billy from Testament right here on Mars Attacks. Hey, this is Tim Ripper Owens. This is Bobby Bliss from Overkill. You stay tuned. Hey, this is Ron Bumble for Fall of Guns N' Roses, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dave Windor from Monster Magnet. Hello, everybody. This is Michael Kiska talking. Hey, this is Richard Patrick from Stilter. Hey, everybody, what's happening? This is John Bush, and you're cranking it up on Mars Attacks. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Don Jameson from That Metal Show on VH1 Classic. Hey, everybody, this is your big daddy-o, Gene Hoagland. Hey, this is Kurt Winstein from Crowbar. Hey, Metalhead from Hit Bangers, this is Dolo Cash. Hi, it's Carolina Peace, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Yow! Hi, uh, yeah, okay, so hey, this is Paul Shortino. How you doing? Formerly a rough cut, quiet riot, and currently with King Cobra. You're listening to Mars Attack. <laughs> hey, what's up, everyone? This is Mark from Chimera. This is Vinny Apsey from Kill Devil Hill, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Hey, this is Richard Christie from the band Charred Walls of the Damned on Metal Blade Records, and you are listening to Mars Attack. Yeah, this is John Schaefer from Iced Earth, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Hi there, this is Peter Ellis, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Hey, this is Rex Brown from Kill Devil Hill. You're listening to Mars Attacks with Victor. All right. again by the great great new band Kill Devil Hill. Kill Devil Hill if you haven't listened to the interview that I've done with Vinny Apice already consists of Dewey Bragg on lead vocals, Mark Zavon formerly of Wasp and Rat on lead guitar, the legendary Vinny Apice from Black Sabbath, Heaven and Hell, Dio, World War Three, Nine Chambers, so on and so forth. And the bass player is the man that we are interviewing during this episode. That would be Rex Brown. If you look up on the web, you'll see words like pioneering next to his name. Um, I guess people will dispute that till the end of time, but there's no... There's no doubt in my mind that this album that they that they're about to put out because this will come out in roughly a month. Uh, Kill Devil Hill, their self-titled debut, is one of the best things that I've heard 
come out this year so far, or one of the best things that's been presented to me out of all of the advanced copies of albums that I've received. The album is strong throughout. You'll hear me say that a bunch of times during the interview. And, um, you know, I'm lucky enough to interview or sort of try to stick to my guns for 99% of the time when I'm doing interviews and only get to interview people who I believe in their music or, you know, I believe in whatever it is that they're trying to, um, you know, get out there to their fans. Um, I have no problem whatsoever in full confidence in saying, again, that this is one of the best things that I've heard this year. A great mix, strong rhythm tracks, um, and I'm saying that in the sense that there's really great bass and drum connection there. Um, you know, I really think Rex sticks out with this album, and I really think Vinny sticks out. If you listen to the interview that I did with him, I mentioned that my favorite Sabbath album is Dehumanizer, by far. Being a drummer, just that drum sound that he has on Dehumanizer is just so freaking cool. Uh, in my opinion, unfortunately, I just finished reading uh, Tony Iommi's Iron Man book, and it turns out that he's not thrilled with that sound. So, just makes you wonder. You know, it's just so heavy and crushing, and that's something that they have on this album. It also reminds me, especially the Tom sound, reminds me of. Um, Early Iron Maiden, or not early Iron Maiden, because I guess Power Slave is, you know, mid-80s, late-80s. Power Slave has a really strong sound to the toms. Um, This Kill Devil Hill album has that sound as well. It really feels like you're in the room uh, while they're playing. The the album sounds so live. Um, And again, that's time and time again. We'll get to other tracks off of the album. Uh, Aside from having Rex Brown during this episode, we're also going to have Peter Ellis. We're welcoming Peter back, former lead singer of The More I See and White Wizard. He's also coming out with something new with his band Monument. If you've been following my radio show uh, with some of the White Wizard specials that we've done, we did that three-part interview with John Leone, then we did that special album focus on the new White Wizard album, Flying Tigers, and played things from different bands associated to White Wizard, you know, people that were former band members, so on and so forth. Peter was obviously a lead singer in the band, and we did play a track off of that. We're actually going to get to a few tracks off of the Monument uh, EP that will be out at some point in April. Uh, So this will be out in plenty of time to spare before the actual EP comes out. Um, There's a special guest on the EP. We'll get to the track with that special guest after the Peter Ellis portion of the interview. Uh, But we will also jump into some some other music by Peter as well. Um, We also like bringing you some other new tracks before we jump into the interview portions. We always do this. Uh, But before doing that, I do want to remind you to go to Facebook and check out our new page. It is Facebook forward slash Mars Attacks Radio. Do us a favor, like the page. Uh, You can also subscribe via iTunes. I know that there are a bunch of people that are mentioning that there are errors up on iTunes. We're working with Apple to fix all of the... Issues with the RSS feed. Uh, also working with John from 
uh, Iron City Rocks, who's helping me out with that as well. Uh, he's actually a programmer, and hopefully we can get that squared away shortly so that anyone that wants to subscribe via iTunes, you can do so. In the meantime, go to MarsAttacksRadio.com. You can stream the interview right from the website, or you can download it from there and manually drag it over to your smartphone or MP3 player or iPod, iPad, whatever it is you want to listen to the interview on. And uh, also remember that we have the Twitter. The Twitter is MarsAries2005. And um, anyway, if you don't want to remember any of that, just go to MarsAttacksRadio.com. You'll find links to all this good stuff right on the right-hand page of the homepage. Uh, also, there is a radio in the name there. So Mars Attacks Radio airs exclusively on Mark Striegel Radio. That is Mark Striegel from Talking Metal fame. I do help him program one of his streams. That would be Stream A. You can listen to that stream directly from MarsAttacksRadio.com, from the widget on the right-hand side there, um, that flash player there on the homepage. Uh, if not, you could just go to MarkStriegelRadio.com and click on Stream A. My shows air on Thursdays, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. If you're over in Europe, that's actually 2 a.m. Central European time, one hour less in the U.K., so that's 1 a.m. on Fridays. The shows repeat again later on on Fridays. So if you're in the U.S., that would be uh, 4 p.m. Eastern, and it would be 1 p.m. Pacific in Europe, Central European time, that's 10 p.m., 9 p.m. in the U.K., and that's eight solid hours of Mars Attacks Radio. And that's followed up by three hours of me blabbing away in Spanish and playing you some cool hard rock and metal uh, just with Spanish intros. That's my Fusion Sonica show, which comes on right after that. Um, what else? Let's jump into some new Overkill. The album just recently came out, and this is also one of the strongest things that I've heard come out this year. name of this track is Wish You Were Dead. The name of the album is The Electric Age by Overkill.
a little wish you were dead coming off of the electric age from overkill uh moving forward a little pharaoh we actually played some overkill and pharaoh during the last podcast as well just keeping things going you know i think all of the tracks that we're hitting on here are pretty strong. And uh, before I forget, we do have an interview with Bobby Blitz Ellsworth of Overkill coming up shortly in the next few weeks. Uh, in any event, Pharaoh, the new project by Chris Amar, better known for Control Denied. At least that's where I uh, found out about his great, great vocal skills. Control Denied was a project that had Richard Christie, Steve DiGiorgio, and the late, great Chuck Schuldiner. So, anyway, name of this track is The Wolves from Pharaoh. I'm not 
the wolves by Pharaoh. Let's get into a project that Jason Bittner from Shadows Fall has put together. Also features Ron Oresti from uh, the group Fate's Warning. The name of the band is Dark Day Sunday. The name of the track is Halfway to Gods.
Dark Day Sunday. You can actually download that for free right off of their Facebook page. Killer Killer Track. Another track that you can download for free. This is something new by the cult. The name of this track is Lucifer.
the cult with Lucifer. They'll be putting out a full-length album. Excuse me, getting tongue-tied there for a second. Um, I believe sometime in April or May. Don't have the exact date. Anyway, let's play a little bit of Monument here. And then let's jump right into the interview with Peter Ellis. And the name of this track. And if you listen to anything that I've put out previously with Peter... You've never heard this track before. The name of it is Carry On.
<laughs> so good. So, um, when last we spoke to you, you couldn't even mention, I believe you couldn't mention the name of the band. Um, uh, <laughs> we now know the name of the band is Monument. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was able to play tracks off of what's going to be on the EP, but they were all in demo format. Now we have five solid tracks that I've released that uh-huh. have been mixed and everything. Um, tell us a little bit about what differs from the demos themselves to what's ended up on the EP. Uh-huh. Uh, well, basically, um, what we did with the demos is uh, we put something together, you know, very quickly. Um, because at the time, um, there was this, uh, if you remember, I was mentioning a label uh, that was interested, uh, which was uh, Earache Records. Right. And basically, what happened is uh, they said to me, right after I left White Wizard, they said to me, you know, just put a band together and send us the demos, um, mm-hmm. which I, I, you know, which I did, and I sent them the demos, and they were like, you know, super excited to hear them, and like, you know, the, apparently they were uh, finalizing my contract, and uh, then they just stopped replying huh. uh, to, to my emails, and it's like, right. literally, I, I I did nothing, you know, nothing wrong, nothing to, I didn't say anything wrong, I didn't, uh, literally, they, you know, they just stopped replying, you know. Um, right. And um, so that's why the, um, the demos, they just wanted me to, you know, like, to have a bit of, a, of an old school sort of feel. Right. Um, so that's why the production on the demo is really, really old school, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But but the thing with me is, like, like with Monument, I, I don't want this to be a, just just a, a band that sounds like um, they recorded their stuff, you know, 30, 35 years ago. I want it to be, right. we are a, a modern band, um, but the songwriting is uh, heavily influenced by the, the classic bands. Mm-hmm. But okay. we live we live in the present. We're not a you know a, a retro band. We just play what I consider to be good heavy metal. You know, um, so um, that's why I we we were actually able to uh, keep some of the performances um, for the um, for the EP, um, but most of the stuff we just had to do again from scratch. Okay. Um, and obviously the uh, the demo was three songs, but uh, there's five songs on the EP, so two extra songs right. as well. And okay. um, yeah, yeah, just me, um, uh, it was actually uh, my first go at producing as well, which is very interesting. Uh, <laughs> it's hard work, I'm telling you. It's, it's not as easy as people might might think. You know, it's um, it's really, really, it's proper hard work. Um, but yeah, so we just did that. And then we we sent the um, the tracks to Scott Atkins, Atkins to do the mastering, uh, who is like you know he's one of the, um, the um, best producers really in the UK at the moment. He's um, he's done Cradle of Filth, um, he's done uh, Behemoth, he's done many many you know, great bands. Uh, so yeah, we did the producing and he did the mastering and he, here we go. 
<laughs> okay. And did the band vary at all from the demos to the actual EP? Oh, yes. Uh, well, basically, um, we recently um, made a, a change in the band's lineup, and we got my ex-White Wizard bandmate, Louis Stevens, joining us on guitar. Right. Uh, which I'm really excited about because, um, you know, he's one of my closest friends and, uh, I mean, we spent a lot of time together in Los Angeles and, you know, became really good friends. So um, I thought it'd be, you know, a shame not to work with him again. Now that we're both here in the UK, it just made sense to do this together, you know. Right. Yeah. Okay. And he played on the uh, EP then? Lewis actually didn't play on the EP because there was no time. I mean, everything was done. By the time he uh, joined the band, uh, okay. th everything was mastered. You know, so... Okay. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Okay, um, and... But obviously, he will be playing in the full-length album. Okay. Um... The EP itself is supposed to come out when? Well, we don't have a, a release date for the EP. Everything is there. You know, the tracks are there, uh, the artwork, everything is there. But we don't have an actual uh, release date uh, for the EP. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to be this year, definitely. Uh, okay. What, what we're doing is we're releasing um, our first single uh, on April 29th. And um, it's going to be out, you know, like digitally, obviously, like iTunes, Amazon, whatever. Um, but also we're going to be making like limited edition um, physical copies, you know, because a lot of people want to have, you know, the actual CD for the artwork. And right. it just made, made sense to do that for us because, you know, as you might have noticed, like on our Facebook and everything, it's like artwork is almost as important as the music in uh, in Monument. I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, you can have the best artwork in the world if the music sucks, you know, it's not going to help you. <laughs> um, but I, I wanted this to be sort of like, you know, the art, because all the classic bands that I, I am into, they all had amazing artwork, you know, and I just okay. really wanted to have that in Monument. Um I, and the mascot as well. That's why I have the mascot because uh, it's like all the greats have had some sort of mascot, you know, one way or another. You know, because it, it just visually, once you see that, you just know that it's that band, you know. And I wanted right. that for Monument. And obviously, you know, some people are going to say, "Oh, you know, it's like Iron Maiden." Uh, well, yeah, yeah, it is. So what? You know, it's like I'm, I'm not, right. I'm not gonna. It's like, if it was like that, we should have been playing music. Because someone, you know, played music first. It's, it's retarded, <laughs> you know. Right. So I'm not going to apologize, you know, to anyone for doing something that I think is fucking cool. <laughs> you know, really cool. I mean, I, over, I look at the artwork, uh, which is done, by the way, uh, by uh, Stan Decker. <laughs> That's our, our guy who's doing our artwork exclusively. Um... And yeah, it's like you just lose yourself in the art, in the artwork. It's amazing. And especially when you listen to the songs and looking at the artwork, it's amazing. I just can't wait for people to actually be able to do that with Monuments.
Okay, so he's already worked up several different pieces for you guys. Uh, yeah, basically we have, like I said, we have the um, the single, and mm-hmm. we also have uh, the EP cover, and w- various bits and pieces, you know, various bits of uh, artwork as well. But it's really cool because it inspires you as well. As a musician, it's like when I look at the artwork, it just inspires me to come mm-hmm. up with riffs and ideas because it's a, a different world, you know. It's like right, yeah. So uh, we're doing, releasing the single, uh, and after that, um, you know, a couple of months probably after that, we're going to be releasing the EP. Okay. And uh, well, the reason I I asked when the release date for the EP um, was because you'd mentioned that um, you had already been contemplating the full length. So that's why I brought it up. But, I mean, that makes complete sense. You don't want to get too ahead of yourself either. No. No. Uh, Because the thing is, um, obviously, this is, uh, you know, the beginning still. And we just have a, a lot of work to do. We need to get the band out there. We need to tour. Um, and, you know, then we'll, we're going to... I just want to see what the reaction is going to be, you know, for, for the single and the EP, and then move forward and we know what we're doing, sort of thing. Okay. And um, who else is in the band? Um, the second guitar player, his name is Ben Lundy, and um, Ben and I go way back because we started... Uh, pretty much, you know, together, our careers. Um, like, we, we used to have this um, cover band in, in London, like, six years ago, um, Metallurgy. <laughs> we used to play um, Iron Maiden and Judas Priest covers and stuff, like uh, Deep Purple as well. Um, so, yeah, we just uh, we pretty much started together. So he's playing sexy guitar, lead guitar. Um, Dave Rimmer, he's, he's a bass player, uh, he's uh, one of the best bass players in in the UK, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I still haven't played with someone better than him on the bass. And so, as far as I'm concerned, he's the best. You know what I mean? Uh, he's phenomenal. Um, and Arne Rogan, he's uh, he's a drummer. Uh, and again, I've known Arnie for like so many years. He's been in the London scene, you know, forever. So. Yeah, I just pretty much got my mates, you know. Once I wanted to start the band, I just got my mates, and, you know, that's what we're doing. Okay, cool. And on one of the tracks, you actually have a special guest as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, very special guest. Uh, it's Richie Faulkner, who's uh, the new guitar player in Judas Priest. Because um, um, we, we've all known Richie... I mean, I've, I've known Richie for like six years now, and um, Dave, you know, they have, you know, they've been friends with Richie for like <laughs> fourteen years or something. Because Richie started out. There's this um, there's this cover band in London called Metalworks. Okay. And they play every Sunday. They've, they've been playing for the last uh, like fifteen years. Hmm. And that's where we all started. Like literally, it's it, it's like an institution. It's it, um, <laughs> Richie started there. David David to this day, uh, when he's not touring, you know, when we're not doing stuff, he's 
playing every Sunday with Metalworks. It's like, um, so that's how we we all, you know, became friends. Um, so yeah, Richie, you know, uh, when I sent him the, the tracks, he was like, he really liked them. Um, because obviously he's massively into Judas Priest, obviously, and right. Iron Maiden. <laughs> and, um, you know, he said, that it's like, I really like the sound. And, you know, if you want me to um, play a couple of solos, just let me know. I was like, yeah, I'd be, I'm great. So he just recorded that solo for us in Rock the Night, which is, you know, it sounds really cool. So, yeah. And as far as getting him to play the solos, there were no legal issues or anything that you guys had to deal with? It was just pretty oh, no, much taken? Oh, no, absolutely Okay. No, everyone's cool, man. Everyone's chilled. Uh, That's cool. Yeah, because you hear so many stories out there about, um, you know, guests coming onto albums and then being taken off of the album because, you know, a label didn't allow it or, you know, Mm. some sort of, uh, you know, management or or whatnot. So uh, it's just cool to hear that, you know, he was able to contribute uh, to the track itself. Yeah. Um, as far as uh, any type of touring is concerned, do you have anything lined up? Are you waiting, you know, to see, as you mentioned before, the reaction to the single and the EP before deciding to go out? Well, um, we do have one gig, one festival in uh, in Wakefield in uh, on the on the twenty fifth of February. Um, okay. And but that's about it because. We just signed a deal, you know, uh, record label and management. So I, I didn't want to go and book gigs myself, you know. So I, I just, right. I don't see a point in playing, you know, in front of three people and a dog and just, you know, people that just don't <laughs> care. Uh, I want to do this properly and I want to go on the road supporting some great bands and just you know, start that way. So um, that's what we're trying to do at the moment. Uh, we're trying to get, um, you know, on a decent booking agency that can send us on the road with those bands that we want to tour right. with. Um, so that's the plan, pretty much. But there's already actually a couple of agencies that uh, have shown interest. So it's basically pretty much a matter of time, you know, before we we're able to do that. Okay, and and I got a good laugh out of uh, what you said because that was um, um, there was an old uh, English uh, show called the Comedy Strip, which were the guys that did the Young Ones, and they uh-huh. did like a parody of a metal band, and they were called uh, Bad News, and they go to play at a show, and there's absolutely no one there, and one of the things that they say is, "Did you charge the dog for coming in to see us as well?" So that's why I got a good laugh out of that. Well, believe me, I've actually played shows like that uh, more than I, I'd like to remember. But, you know.
a little monument with Rock the Night. That's the track that features Richie Faulkner of Judas Priest fame. Interestingly enough, a monument will be playing tomorrow, Saturday, uh, at Boston Arms Music Room with Lauren Harris and her new band, Six Hours Sundown. And uh, that's the band that Richie was in before he joined Judas Priest. So there you go. Nice little tie-in there. Uh, The other thing that I wanted to mention is that the Monument EP, I mentioned that it would be out in April. Uh, What I've heard since we originally did the interview and since I originally recorded this episode, which was about a a month ago, I'm doing some edits here to make everything fit and up-to-date and current, Um, they mentioned that it may not be out till some point in May. Uh, in any event, the album is very, very good, or at least the material that I've heard is really good. That track, Carry On, that I played initially, I play that all the time. I absolutely love that track, so check Monument out. It is time for the Rex Brown portion of the interview. I have to say that I absolutely love this track that I'm going to start out with before jumping into the interview. The name of this track is Voodoo Doll.
like I said, I've been listening to it since the weekend and really enjoying it. And really, the album is refreshing in a sense that the way that everything is thrown together, it's almost atypical to what you can expect from hard rock or metal uh, nowadays. When I spoke to Vinny, he mentioned that one of the things that he wanted to do was make sure that you know the drums and the bass were up front. So combining that with Dewey's vocals and obviously Mark's guitar, um, it's bringing, you know, something that hasn't been done in a long time to the forefront and making it modern. I'm assuming that that was what you guys were going for. Well, I mean, you know, we, we wanted to keep the, uh, you know, like earlier influences of stuff in check and, and, uh, and also at the same time, you know, uh, have a new, new approach, uh, how we wanted to do these songs. Um, and I think it's turned out well. Um, you know, I, I actually, for the first time, listened to the record um, over the weekend, and I hadn't listened to it because I'd listened to it so many times. You know, you just kind of get right. a little bit, and we, we remixed this thing like three times. So, you know, um, it, we wanted to bring the uh, the old with the new. You know, and and uh, mm -hmm. there's there's not a whole lot of bands that are out there doing that kind of thing. You know, and it's still true to its. Uh, you know, hard rock metal roots, um, but you have something different there on the top with the melodies and the whole bit that really right. kind of sell the song, you know? Um, so that's that's what I've been trying to do for a long time, um, or what I've been wanting to do for a long time, uh, is keep that melody up there on the top, and, you know, it, it's always refreshing to hear something you can sing along with, you know? Right. Okay. And... Um... One of the things that Vinny really wanted to strike home when I spoke to him was that this isn't a side project, that this is your band, yeah. the main focus. Um, how often do you have people come up to you and say, oh, well, you're going to be doing this for now until jumping to something else? Uh, I'm not jumping anywhere, man. You know, I've, uh, <laughs> I, you know, it, this this has become a true uh de facto band, you know, this is um this is this is where we all, you know, wanna go musical you know, musically and, and uh you know, direction wise and uh you know, we have at least six songs that are ready for the next record. So Huh. Okay. <clears throat> you know, we're we're uh we're head ahead of the game to say the least. Um, you know, the it's going to be, uh, this next record's going to be, you know, a little bit more, more, uh, riff driven and, and, and the whole bit, uh, not that this one isn't, but, um, you right. know, it's going to be, uh, you know, more of a, a, a collaboration than, than this, this was. Right. A lot of this material was written before you actually joined the band, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I went in and put my, you know, arrangements on it and, you know, and what could be here and what could be there and getting really tight with Vinny on, you know, a whole lot of stuff. Um, you know, it's funny. I used to, uh, you know, anytime we would open up for Sabbath or, or, you know, heaven and hell or whatever over the years, you know, I'd always take a joint and I would sit right behind geezer's amps and, um, <laughs> smoke a joint and watch Vinny play all night. You know, that was, it was right. either, either that or a good look at the boss again or, you know, watch the paint dry in a fucking dressing room, you know? Right. And uh, it was always delightful. And, of course, you know, with Ronnie singing it, it 
it was just heaven, you know. Right. Yeah, m- must have been amazing. Vinny's such an underrated player, you know. Stepping into Sabbath like he did, I think so many people overlook his, you know, contribution and how many drummers have come after him and copied the styles that he laid down within the. Band oh yeah, and the absolutely. And everything else. No. Yeah. Um. You know, he's he's a he's a brilliant drummer. I mean, he he yeah. just comes up with stuff just off the cuff, you know, and he never sometimes he never plays the same thing twice. You know, so it's 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 learning where he's going with some of this stuff that uh, that makes it uh, uh, a little challenging, which I like, you know. Right. In this, you know, I just call it my little musical journey. You know, I had a great career with Pantera, a great career with Down. I, uh, you know, and this is uh, three times a charm, baby. You know? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I was just going to ask that. Um that must be very interesting for you to, you know, be in the pocket with someone, being in sync with the drummer, and then having them throw something different at you, you know, sort of going along, you know, and adding your sort of, you know, spices to that recipe. Right. Well, I, you know, after you, you know, we really haven't played any gigs, maybe, uh, you know, 25 or something like that. And every time we play it, it's, it's always, um, um, it's just spontaneous, you know, and it 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 just um, kind of moves me to go different directions with with what I'm doing, with keeping with the same part. You know what I mean? Right. Um, it, it makes it a lot tight. You know, I just want to make this rhythm section as tight as we can possibly get it. You know, and with Mark playing his, you know, the, the his part of the rhythm section, you know, the three of us are really tight, and he gives Dewey an open space at the top to do what he does best. And, um, you know, so we're just, we're just growing as a band, you know, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, we want to keep this going for, for a while, you know, for as long as we can keep it going, you know? So, um, yeah, we're going to be around for a while. Get used to it. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, you just mentioned the touring aspect. You guys have done a bunch of shows, uh, without the album even being out. How challenging is it for you guys to win the crowd over? Well, you know, at, at first it was, it was first at first we were you know we we deliberately set on playing these small smaller venues and and taking it to uh, you know you got to start one ten at a time basically is what we kind of call it and um, you know it just you could see the people starting to get you know by the third song they were just into it. You know, right. Uh, and by the end of the night, I mean it was just you know all hands up and you know, and and, and treating it, you know, we we have a fair bit of uh, sense of humor in this band, so you know, we talk with each other a whole bit and you know, <laughs> kind of do that number, you know. So it's, uh, we don't take it, you know, that dead serious. You know, we try to bring a little flavor with it, you know. So. You know, in in doing those those shows, it just made the band a lot tougher. Um, it made us um, kind of realize every show got better and better and better. You know, do uh, we had some um, being on the road? You know, for the first time in a long time. Um, you know, some of the vocals he's thrown are pretty intense. So, um, you know, when he's having uh, an off night, you know, Mark and I would step up to the plate and sing the parts that. 
you know, the higher parts or whatever that need to be done, you know, um, just depending on what, what, uh, Dewey's voice is like. If it's, you know, five weeks on the road is not an easy thing for, for a singer, you know, to, to be right. doing every other night. So, or every night. Um, so we solidified that, that, uh, aspect of it. And it's, um, it's just grown into this monster, you know, um, I just hope that everybody, you know, uh, receives it as we perceive it, you know. Okay. Understood. Um, how much a hesitation is there on your behalf of people thinking that you, you're only going to release things that sound like Pantera or Down, where this is something completely different? Uh, well, I, I mean, that says it all right there, you know, that... Um, like I say, this is uh, this is my little musical journey, you know. And and if I was playing the same thing all the time, you know, which I got kind of bored with, um, you know, then you're you're pretty much pigeonholing yourself and and stagnating right. yourself, you know. And that's that's definitely something I don't want to do. Um, you know, I'm still playing, you know, as intense as I was back in the day, but it's a totally different, totally different beast, you know. Um, mm -hmm. and, and give it, give it my all every night, you know, so that's all I can do. Um, and then perceiving it's going to be something else. Well, you know, all you have to do is listen to the songs called time. You'll be set, you know, right. I'm really proud of this record. Yeah, it is a very strong record from top to bottom, without a doubt, a lot of really strong songs throughout and, and that you already have another six tracks going for another album is amazing as well. So, mm -hmm. um, as far as recording with the band, how did the recording experience differ from some of the other projects you've been involved with? Cause outside of down in Pantera, you have recorded tracks for a bunch of other projects as well. Yeah. Um, this was just, we got the drums done in like three and a half days, you know, 12 tracks, <laughs> um, Vinny, you know, we'd gone to pre-production and, and played uh, a week's worth of shows before we got actually in the studio. So I was in uh, Los Angeles. I, I reside in Texas. And um, so it was, uh, we got, you know, we were free and clear with all the guitars and, and uh, everything else within two weeks um, or 10 days after that, that, you know, we were that tight you know, going into the saying of what it should be and not, you know, and, and using the original recordings without, you know, going into um, things like, you know, moving pieces and Pro Tools and all that kind of stuff. We just left, you know, left the original stuff where it was. You know, we really didn't bump anything or, or shift any of the uh, arrangements at all. Um, so it's, it's a true record in that sense. Um, right. At the same time, it's it's uh, it was uh, you know doing the vocals and and the whole bit takes a little bit more time, and the leads and uh, we had 30 days to do this in and and uh, you know I had uh, called in my friend Warren Riker to do the record and um, he just couldn't do it in time, so we had to um, go back and put some more guitar parts on and and uh, and make it simpler and. And uh, and we used it, you know, three different guys, 
trying to get this thing done. So, um, and I think it turned out great. You know, Jay Rushton is a one hell of a uh, master of, of uh, mixing records. And uh, I think it turned out really, really good. I'm very proud of it. Yeah, when you mentioned Pro Tools, I just struck me all of a sudden that the album was recorded, you know, in a digital format. It really doesn't have that feel, though. It really has. No, no, no. Like we we wanted tool. to get it that, that old. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. That's exactly wanted, what we wanted to sound like. So that was kind of our goal to get the tones, you know. Um, so we, that's, um, you know, we use a lot of analog gear. You know that okay. that makes that, that makes it. You know, Pro Tools. Pro Tools is just uh, you know the predominant thing that it, it's easy to use and 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 the whole bit and and uh, it's hard to find tape these days. You know right. the whole the whole business uh, um, recording everything analog and maybe you don't like that and you got to redo it again and, and you know we took many takes from uh, these different records and just you know bounced them into the one that we thought that was the best sounding, you know, um, right. and went, went, went through an old school approach of, of recording, you know, with, uh, being in the pro tools, you, you can't tell the difference if you're using a lot of analog outboard gear. Um, and plus some of these songs were mastered off of, uh, acetates. Okay. Um, which is something that a lot of people don't do anymore. Mm. You know? My uh, mastering I've used for several projects, and uh, you know the songs that need to be mastered off of the uh, acetates. They sound warmer, and they, you know, the groove of the needle, you know, onto a fifteen-inch right. 15 disc just sounds ten times better than all this other crap. So, um, anyway, the, you know, <laughs> I'm glad you. Uh, Notice that that's uh you know that was was kind of a key element, yeah, absolutely, like I said, it's got a really warm sound to it, really you know it has an old feel but it sounds you know modern at the same time, so it's a really good balance between the two well, thank you i mean that's that's where we were kind of going with the old and the new, you know yeah it, it's got to sound you know it some of it has to sound uh uh, you know, it's it, it's it's meant to sound, you know, the old kind of style and and performances with, you know, a new, um, you know, you have to have Pro Tools and and stuff like that. But that's pretty much all the formats there are in different studios. So right there, you have it. Okay. Um, as far as gear is concerned, you've been using Spectre for. A really long time. Uh, almost what almost put, 20 years, yeah. Yeah. Um, what puts their products over the top for you uh, in comparison to all the other bases that are out there? It's just got, um, I found this, they, they sent me this, uh, they sent me this one base that I, uh, you know, I've, I've got, man, I've got a ton of Spectre bases. And uh, they sent me this one and it seemed to, it's a, it's a European model. Um, and it seems like uh, they still use the same, you know, every, everything's laminated on these bases, but, it, you know, the full uh, dynamic of the thing is, is the neck, and the neck goes okay. all the way through the body, 
And then, mm-hmm. um, so uh, the European stuff is made in the Czech Republic, and they have uh, little lighter uh, wings on them, um, so okay. to speak, where the laminates go together. And I found this one bass, and dude, it just sounds, it's probably the best sounding bass I think I've ever got from the guys. You know, and, um, and so anyway, I'm trying to find another one that has that, you know, a little Seminac to it and um, and has the same pickup configuration and, and the weight and the feel, and it's kind of hard to define those, you know. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, they've sent me several bases, and I'm uh, still awaiting one that I think might be the ticket to a, uh, for a backup and a whole bit, so... Okay, and they actually released a Rex Brown model last year, right? Uh, yeah, in fact, I have three models with with Spectre. I have uh, I have uh, the Explorer type. Um, I have uh, uh, another one called the RXT, which more is more of a Telecaster kind of uh, you know the the look of it looks like a Telecaster vibe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've got two bases out, and I also have a. Uh, it's called uh, it's the. Uh, it's called the RX uh, G, which is um. It's a guitar. Made oh, okay. of, of the same, kind of like the same. Uh, you know, my signature model, my very first one, I sold. Um, I don't know. I sold a ton of those. I mean, like. Um, more than any living assault. Um, and they're still out there selling. Um, so anyway, we decided to make a guitar out of it and um, and put some extra finishes on and different stuff. So um, anyway, it's a, they play really, really good. And, um, you know, I just have to be involved with Spectre and the whole bit. So... That's cool. You don't hear of too many bass players that have their own guitar model as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's just it's you know I've I've uh, worked with Stuart for a long time and and um, you know I'm on you know it's nice to have a company that you can rely on you know and uh, and really respect the product you know I do with these because I wouldn't play anything else you know. Um, uh, I've got my own tone over the years, and you know, since '93 with these these bases, and um, and you know, I wouldn't trade them for anything. Hey, this is Rex Brown from Kill Devil Hill. You're listening to Mars Attacks with Victor. All right.
Up in Flames by Kill Devil Hill. Again, check the album out when it does come out. Some great, great music on there. And if you love what you've heard so far during this episode, the tracks that I've played off of the album, I'm sure you'll enjoy the entire thing. want to thank everyone over at SPV for setting that interview up. also want to thank Peter Ellis from Monument for coming back on the show again. And I uh, want to also remind you guys that the Mars Attacks podcast is part of the Iron Cast Ring. What is the Iron Cast Ring? Well, the Iron Cast Ring is an alliance of a bunch of different podcasts. We just sort of help cross-promote one another uh, with everything that we put out. Uh, the Iron Cast Ring consists of the Iron City Rocks uh, podcast, Shockwave Skull Sessions, Radioactive Metal, Bonehand Heavy Half Hour, Focus on Metal, the HardRadio.com uh, podcast, and the Signal to Noise podcast. And some of the things that have been released here recently, let's see, Radioactive Metal there on episode 210, their episode is titled The Guy from Dubai. Um, it's about one of the uh, forerunners in Middle Eastern metal, uh, a band that definitely brought the metal scene to Dubai in a country that obviously it's fairly hard to get metal across. So check that out. Iron City Rocks has Phil Cullen from Def Leppard for their episode 150. Focus on Metal episode 79. That focuses in on 1982. And you have Shockwave's videocast. Their episode number nine has an interview with Michael Shanker. You can go to castironring.com and check out all the great stuff that all of the various shows that pertain to the Cast Iron Ring are a part of. Also check out our buddies over at Talking Metal. Um, Again, I help Mark from Talking Metal with his stream. So go over and check out uh, you know what he has to offer with Talking Metal. That's TalkingMetal.com. Uh, I also chat a bunch over at the forums. Go to Talking Metal forums as well. I was wondering if it would be worthwhile for for me to set up a forum for uh, my podcast. I don't know. Uh, probably not the appropriate time yet, but maybe some point in the future. Who knows? Uh, what else? Just want to remind you guys about the Facebook, the Twitter, and all that great stuff associated to the Mars Attacks podcast and radio show. Just go to MarsAttacksRadio.com and check all that good stuff out. We have been away for a while. Um, really don't want to get into why. <laughs> but uh, anyway, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Do want to say that towards the end of the month, we'll have more from Rex Brown because... This month's classic albums column will focus on Pantera's Far Beyond Driven. Another thing that I did want to mention that Rex mentioned was that Vulgar Display will be released next month in its uh, deluxe edition. So be on the lookout for that as well. Should be cool. I have the Cowboys deluxe edition and that is really, really neat. So there you go. Bunch of real good stuff that's come out so far this year and uh within the coming episodes we'll play stuff from a bunch of different albums that I've heard like I said I feel that this Kill Devil Hill is some of the best stuff that I have heard we're going to leave you with a track off the album called Hangman 
So, hope you enjoyed everything. Tell your friends about this podcast and whatnot and help spread the word. And uh, that's pretty much it. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time right here on the Mars Attacks podcast. (laughs) 